Welcome to a new boost for your mission, no more boring learning. This is the Brain Bakery Podcast. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to No More Boring Learning. I'm your host, Ravi Reed, and I'm here with Jana. Hi, everybody. So this episode will be all about how to design training, which, to be perfectly honest, and I'm sure our listeners will agree, it is not easy. What should I be asking? How do I ask? What does this look like? So tell us, Jana. Yeah, let's look at how to design a good training because it's quite hard. What happens usually in companies or organizations is that a manager has a problem, right? Something is not happening. They're not reaching a target. Something is going wrong. They try to fix it. And then when they can't, they call HR and they go, HR, get me a training. <laughs> and HR goes, all right, what kind of training do we need? And they, they decide together it should be time management or it should be dealing with complaints or it should be a sales training or something, something. And then the HR person calls L&D, learning and development, or they call uh, an external training agency. And they say, we need a training dealing with complaints, uh, sales, time management. And then what we have to do is we have to start finding out what they actually mean. But it's very super tempting to go, yep, I've got that training. I've given it before. Let me do it. I need the money. Let's go. So one of the things we need to do is... Let me give you a metaphor for it. It's almost like the HR person comes into our office and says, like with a doctor, and they say, okay, I need this medicine. And we know we have the medicine, but we don't know how they came to that conclusion that they need the medicine. So as a doctor, you would never go, oh, you need that medicine. Here it is, right? <laughs> You'd never do that. So what we need to do is we need to almost ask for permission to go, all right, let me go over the diagnostics with you. Let me find out how you came to the conclusion that this medicine is the best medicine for you. For all you listeners out there that are sometimes buying uh, training programs or journeys, if people ask you this question, if a training agency or a learning and development professional asks you these questions, you know they're good. Anybody who goes, yep, I've got that training ready for you, is not doing a proper job. And we're going to look at that today. I love the concept of actually diagnosing before prescribing. So yes. actually what we do, exactly as you said, and the listeners will agree that we prescribe something that we've already got, already done. We got an eight for it. So I'm going to use this. Yeah. So today we want to look at how do you not immediately go, yes, I've got it, but go for a good diagnostic so that you know you can actually measure something more than that eight in episode one that we talked about. People might want to check that out. And what we also want to do in this episode is I've prepared something. It's like the ultimate questionnaire that you can use with lots of questions that you can use to ask, you know, those diagnostics questions so that you actually know and find out everything you need to know before you design a training. So for all the listeners who are super curious about the questionnaire, go on to brainbakery.com and download it. Um, it's always on Brain Snacks and also you can follow Jana on her blog. I know you have a theory ready. So give me the backstory. Tell me a little bit more about it. Yes. So the theory is, of course, Donald Kirkpatrick's evaluation model. When he actually wrote that down in the 50s of last century, he wrote it in four articles. He wrote an article per 
example of how to evaluate. And he pushed that out into the world, never knowing where it landed. And then years later, he told this story when I was uh, attending one of his sessions before he had sadly passed. He told us that in the 60s, Motorola met him, uh, the company Motorola, and they said, oh, you're Donald Kirkpatrick. That's awesome. We use your model all the time. And Donald Kirkpatrick said, model? I don't have a model. I have four articles. And actually what Motorola did was they turned his articles into the model that is very famous today and that Donald Kirkpatrick started using after uh, Motorola had started creating that. So that's a wonderful backstory, right? I never knew that. I always thought it was a model. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how it things wasn't. just happened. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He just wrote down, you could evaluate this way, this way, this way, this way. And then Motorola said, ooh, these are levels. Let's create them. So those levels, you can use them to evaluate. You can evaluate on the reaction level on the what they've learned level, on the level of, we've talked about it in the last podcast, so if you want to go back, please go back to episode number one, on the level of behavior and then on the level of results. Now, when you start designing a training, you can actually use these levels to ask diagnostics questions to know what you're actually going to be training at. On. So if you flip the model of Kirkpatrick and you put results at the beginning, and then behavior, and then learned, and then reaction, you can actually start at the top and ask questions about, all right, what do you want to achieve? Which KPI do you want to influence? It's great to hear that you want to have a time management course, but what is it about? If we do a really great job, what will people get out of it? Now, I've experimented with that a lot, in my uh, long career, (laughs) and I have often found that when you start at that level, the HR person or the manager, whoever you're talking to, goes, "Uh, sorry, what? They don't understand. They go, I've just asked, you're a trainer. I've asked you for a time management training. Can you deliver it or not? Right? They get frustrated because they think they found the medicine. You need to give them the medicine because you're a medicine distributor. I think flipping the model and starting with that question around results can be really, really a difficult conversation to have. Because like you said, a lot of the time, people are just like, I've told you what I want. Can you stop asking me these questions? How do we deal with that? How do we actually make sure we get those answered? So I always compare it with a car mechanic. Let's say I bring my car to the car mechanic and I say to him or her, there's something making a noise in the left front of the car and I go fix it and then I go immediately what will it cost and how many days will you be working on it then the car mechanic will go I don't know I haven't driven the car I haven't heard the sound I haven't popped up opened the hood and looked inside I don't have a diagnostics yet so you can't ask me how many days and what it's going to cost I need to find out first and that's the job I first have to do. So I think that's a very nice one that we can use whenever people come to us and say, hey, I need this. Now about flipping the model, when we start with asking questions on level four, what are the results you want to get? People get confused. Mm. Don't do that. In the questionnaire, I'm actually proposing to first have your 
person that talks to you, if it's the buyer, the HR person, or maybe the manager themselves, ask them some questions about what's already in their head. For example, the questions that you could ask is, what type of learning activity are you requesting? So they go, give me time management or give me sales. You just go, what type of learning activity are you requesting? Because learning activities can consist of multiple components. You can select multiple components. So I've, I've made a list of about 12 things that they can select. Classroom training, seminar, online, development tools, support and knowledge base, etc. They can cross off any of those things and you can give them all those options. So at least we're already stretching their brain a little bit if they're still a little bit in that old-fashioned way of going, give me a classroom training of two days. Then we can broaden their mind a little bit and we ask them to brain dump. Then after you've done that, they've, you know, said, I was thinking about classroom training, but maybe part can be online. So, you know, they start to think about that. Then you go, all right, tell me in your own words, what was your fantasy? What was in there? Give me a brain dump of what you were thinking about that sales training, time management training, dealing with complaints training. And they're going to speak it out. So this is basically you asking level one questions. What do you think? What do you think? And then you open up your brain for them, or you open up their brain a little bit for them. Then the second question you could do is go, all right, so suppose we do all that, what you just told me, three months after the learning activity or the training or whatever we call it, what do you hope to see on the work floor? Which issues have disappeared? Which issues have been prevented? What's happened? Talk to me. So now you're asking them on level two, what do the people need to learn? But also on level three, what do you want them to show in their behavior? What should have changed? And it's also a little bit level four because they might go, oh, wow, this has happened. This has happened. No, uh, oh, the MPS has gone up. They're going to talk to you about what they envision behind it. But to start with that question would be wrong because people can't deal with it. (laughs) I think what I found interesting about this is that actually by having the conversation, by doing this diagnostic, what you're doing is then you're going to be designing a training that will really be of value. And this connects back to actually episode one where we talked about how do you measure the value of your training? Well, if you get the diagnostic right in the first place, meet the needs and then deliver, surely that all connects together. Absolutely. So now you've asked them to fantasize about what happens in the future, in the behavior and in the results. So that's awesome. And then you want to ask them another question. Why do you need it now? Yes. What's been happening? And I've given them some options. I'm just going to read them from the list. And if you're online, you can read them with us. What's the reason, give me one or two of them, that you want to talk about training right now? So maybe, number one, there's been a long-term performance issue. There's a new performance issue. And then you can ask them what caused that new performance issue. There's a new opportunity we'd like to seize, but we can't as long as the people lack the new skills they need for that new opportunity. Or there could be something like there's a new tool or a system or a product or a device we need to learn. Or we are taking a new strategic or tactical direction and we need to get everybody aligned. Or it could be someone important suggested this training is necessary and you go oh okay who's that why (laughs) so by going down this list of why now you actually get a feeling of aha this is where this is coming from it's been a long time they've already trained on it for five times and every time 
the training failed or, oh, it's a new opportunity we want to seize. So you get so much information of the why now part that causes you to create a very clear training or learning activity instead of going, oh, time management, I've got that on the shelf. Let's, let me take it off the shelf, dust it off and just give it to you. I'm going to ask you this question and I'm sure a few of our listeners are thinking the same thing. I've downloaded mm. it. There's some fantastic questions on here. What are the right questions to what? Do I use all of the questions, Jana? What, how should I pick and choose the questions? I think what I would do is before you go to any conversation with somebody requesting a training or requesting an offering for a training, I would go in and check out all of these questions and maybe mark some of them that you think are more important for this specific situation. I've used multiple sources. I've used uh, Will Talheimer's questionnaires. I've used my own book, No More Boring Learning, but also Kessels and Smith have done some great questionnaires and I've combined all of them mm. and I've marked where you are at level one, level two, level three. So you can actually see that and then choose them. But I would bring all of them because I have used this now a couple of times and I've been surprised how many times people pick something when you send it to them or when you show it to them, pick something that I would have never thought of. I think the question has been designed so that you use all of the questions to make sure that actually you don't skip any of them. And mm. you could use the questionnaire, send it to the person you're working with for them to complete before the conversation that you have with them. So let's move on through the list. Let's go to level three. And level three is all about the behavior that they want to see. I've called that part work situation. So you could ask them, what are people doing now? And what would you like them to do? In short, what behaviors are you seeing on the floor? And what will be more effective? So what are you people doing now that isn't having the desired effect? What are they saying? What would you like them to say? Now, very often people say, they say this and that's wrong. That's not good. And then I ask them, what would you like them to say? And they go, well, something better. <laughs> so here's also where like the magic of the trainer or the L&D person comes along where you go, all right, could this be something that if they said that, you would reach a result? So this is where you go like, let me try out this. Would this work? Would this work? And this is where your knowledge as a trainer comes in to actually find out, is this a good thing to say or not? Because very often you'll ask them, what do they say? What do you want them to say? And they basically in their brain, they go, if I'd known what, what I wanted them to say, I would have told them. <laughs> right? <laughs> so questions like, what would you like your people to say or do? What specifically? What's holding your people back from doing this in your opinion? Which systems and methods do your people use? Are they fluent in working with them? So what would you like to see and hear them do on the working floor? You're, so you're really drilling down into the behaviors and you need to be prepared that very often they know what they don't want to see and what they don't like, but they don't have an answer to what they do like. So that's where your magic comes in. I think it's important to really dig deep on these and not try to answer them mm. for the people so when you're having these conversations, the temptation is to almost to lead. But actually, these questions are great to let them just sit, let them land. And the person needs to come up with what behavior, yes. what changes, what does this look like? I think that's, yes. that's really important. Very well said. Yeah, you need to drill down. You need those details. However, you also need to strike that balance between them thinking, you're a trainer, give me the training. 
like going back to the mechanic, I've already told you there's some weird sound in the car in the left front part. Just deal with it. So you're also striking a balance between being very kind, being very willing to listen, creating a great atmosphere, but also asking them those questions. But you don't want to make them feel like the Spanish Inquisition is falling over them and asking them all, all these questions because then they're going to go, whoa, 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 and they're going to push back. And the pushback usually sounds like, you're a trainer, get me that training. So it's also, you know, while you're asking the question, creating permission for asking those questions and showing that it's very valuable to know that. So that's why I usually have Kirkpatrick's model in my brain and I draw it for them and I just point at, for this level, I'd like to know this. For this level, I'd like to know this so that I build that perfect training for you that really does get you the results I've asked for before. And I've heard a few times the kickback on, you know, you're the trainer, can you just do this? And also, it's normally, there's an addition to it, which is, I'll just go and find someone else who has got this. Yeah. Yeah, this is usually, (laughs) that's perfect that you say this, especially when there's an external party and you're the external party and they ask you, you know, and you start to ask those questions, then they usually go, "Um, sorry, but I've also asked three other training agencies and they said they can just deliver. And then, you know, it takes some real power and usually because I'm so known for no more boring learning, I now go, well, if they said they can do it, go with them. But I guarantee that if somebody says that, they're cheating you out of your money. They don't have a bad intention because they really can deliver that training, but that training will not be fitted for your purposes because training really is a skill and I can maybe look at if I can do it in a shorter bit of time. I can maybe do it only on an e-learning. I can really make something valuable for you. But if you want to go like, you know, getting something off the shelf that's absolutely fine with me please feel free to do that and then usually they go oh hang on (laughs) let's listen to this weird lady (laughs) (laughs) and they try out to go with me but it does take some convincing of them willing to put the investment of time and their brain power into it so shall i go on with the list that would be amazing all right so level two questions so this is about the knowledge or the skill that specifically they need to learn what new competencies are needed to achieve the desired work situation? Which skills are already present, but they need further development? If their lives depended on it, would they still be unable to do it? Hmm? You know, you could ask some check questions. What prevents these people from displaying the desired skills? Is there something that complicates it? So there's also questions that are a little bit about, is there something in the way of them showing the desired behavior, but also what does the desired behavior look like? Then I would go to the next uh, bit of questions, which really has to do with that final result. So this is where we're going to go to number four, level four of Kirkpatrick, the result. This is where you go ask their goal, but also their dream, but also which problem do we need to take care of? So I've got a lot of questions on the list. So one of them is, how will you measure the success of this training program? And you can only spend your euros or dollars or pounds once, you know, how will you measure that you have made the right investment? This is usually a question where people go, right, how do I? (laughs) So that's a good question to ask. Uh, What do you expect people to be able to do differently? Uh, Which organizational results do you anticipate as a result of this training initiative? Which KPIs do you want to influence? 
what benefit for your employees do you anticipate? But also maybe ask not just for the employees, but also for your clients and customers. What do you want them to notice? What do you want them to put on their reviews of your company after this training initiative? And this is where you really drill down in the desired result. And once you have that, you can tell them, all right, I'm now ready to create a training. I have a question for you. What happens if the actual training that someone is requesting is what someone would just say, it's just a team build. It's just a bit of fun. How does this model work for that? (laughs) Yes. So that's a really good one. So if you ask very often, I don't know if if this is true for different countries, but in the Netherlands, sometimes they just want to have a fun activity, right? Go somewhere and get totally wasted and you know drunk and and have fun together but they do want to be able to deduct it for the tax purposes right (laughs) so they want a bit of training in there and they go all right get me some team building it should only be one hour just before we start the drink right (laughs) and I usually try to take this I can smell it in the air now right Mm, this is what they want they just want to have fun But I go, yeah, all right, that's great. Let's drill down as to what you want. And usually when you ask questions to people who have this purpose in mind, they go, can't it just be fun? And then I usually go, I love fun. I just totally love it. However, I'm a very serious training agency. We're not, you know, brain bakery for nothing. We have high standards. And just to contribute to fun, I think there's different ways. You could hire a clown. You could do like a team building experience by just building some rafts and going on the water and no feedback. There's lots of companies who do that, but that's not a training agency because for me, it's all about the learning. So I'm really, really sorry. I can refer some companies who do that to you, but I'm not the one. Yes. I think for anyone who does actually face those questions or those requests, I Mm. think this is a really good point to make that actually... This is not, don't try and go through this model. Try and ask these questions. Just be told that we want to have a few, a bit of fun. What we would call shits and giggles. Shits and giggles. Oh, that's a funny expression. Yeah. However, I think I now responded to your question as an external training agency. If you're an internal one, I think it's very hard to say no to this. I think they would just go, your learning and development, do an activity with us, go. But then when you realize that that's the request, I would always give a bit of pushback because I want to be taken seriously for my job and my, my vision behind it and all the skills I've acquired in the years and what I've trained for. So I would give a bit of pushback on that. But sometimes there's a situation where you can't say no and you just go, all right, then I'm not going to do any diagnostics. I'm just going to do a fun activity. I'm going to give it to my junior colleague and just do your shits and giggles and do a little bit of an activity with that but then I would not call that training because it's not does that make sense Ravi yeah my goodness of course it does and I think it's important to say that actually you tell the person who's requested it that this is not training and this is what Mm. we are going to be doing so it's making sure expectations are met right yeah 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 so basically when you look at the list and look at all the questions and the The things we've done is we've looked at what things in this episode, what things do you need to know before you can actually start building a training? Because if you just get the, I need a training X, you're just going to deliver X, but you don't know what they have in their brain, what they do. So please always use these questions based on Kirkpatrick's levels 
to go for it and to actually make a very valuable training where you can measure some real, real, real results. All right, everybody, make sure you use these questions. So the next time someone comes to you and says, I would like some training, don't just prescribe. Use the questionnaire to diagnose exactly what is needed, when it's needed, how it's needed. Fight boring learning with us. Thank you for tuning in. Please join us for our next episode and continue this journey of no more boring learning. No more boring learning. This was the Brain Bakery podcast. Want to know more? Follow us on our socials.